All right, let's hope that we got some sound here now. I have no idea what's going on, but hopefully, oh, I have no idea. Curtis, if you can, dial back in. Dial back. Hopefully, we got something going on here with the show going on today. Otherwise, I have no idea what's going on. Thank you very much, Blog Talk Radio, for messing up a wet dream. As you can tell, I am frustrated starting the show off, but you are listening to Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, Lone Star Daily News, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and half a dozen other places. I have no idea where I am. I'm your hostess with the least most is the Radio Chickadee, Annie. And hopefully, we can get ourselves going with the show. Hmm. As it stands now, we don't have much of anything here. And I don't know what the heck is going on. So hopefully, we can get Curtis to call in, call back in, and see if we can even get him. All right, Curtis, I'm dialing you. I'm dialing Curtis to see if my co-host can call back in. Otherwise, we have no show for today. And this is absolutely crazy. Okay. All right. Go waiting. All right, Curtis. Hey, Hopefully can Curtis, you hear me? You are... I got you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I had to dial in. My screen went blank. I know. I, I, I got kicked off. I mean, this is this is crazy. I mean, definitely is the all the more reason. And Blog Talk Radio, if you are out there listening, you've got a customer that's been with you for 14 years, you fucked up. And I'm going to say plain and simple. For the last now four weeks, they have not gotten their act together, and I think it's time that Curtis, you and I, move this over to another platform and forget about Blog Talk Radio from here on in. Um, I was sick over the Christmas holiday, so I didn't get a chance to play around with the new program. I mean, I, both Omar and I and my mom all came down with whatever the galloping crud was that was rolling around here over the holidays, and even Christmas Day, we spent trying to heal. Uh, you can tell my voice is still a little bit hoarse. When you run a platform like this, um, they should have the best technicians that could have solved this like within two to three and, hours. Absolutely. And this absolutely. has been going on for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm paying a subscription to Blog Talk Radio, and now this is yeah. going four weeks straight, and we haven't had good service. Mm-mm. I want my money back at this point. They only and Skype for, is screwing me around month. too because Skype. I I talked to them on the phone last week because I had to change my card number and all that because there was some fraud, potential fraud in my account. So when that happens, I have to get a new card, and then I have to mm-hmm. let everybody know. And um, I discussed it with them, you know, and everything's supposed to be cool. And then when I try to log on to Skype, they telling me I need to pay. I'm like, what? What do this all yeah. of you? Actually, let me on one time. And then after mm-hmm. that, it kept showing up. You have to pay, put minutes on, all that crap. I think they're trying to mess up our show. I don't I don't know if it's Skype or if it's Blog Talk Radio. But with Skype, I pay, honestly, if guys, you're out there listening and you have Skype, uh, I pay only $2.99. I have international calling a month. I don't have to add additional minutes. So check out the subscriptions for like two ninety nine, and that's all I pay. Well, that's uh, what that's what that's what I discussed. It. That's all I had with them all these years, and I got that put back on last week. 
Mm. And uh, got another spam. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. I'm going to do my best because uh, Tuesday I'm going for surgery on my hand. So it's going to limit what I can do and can't do on the computers and other things. Because my hand will be in a cast. Uh, and so my right hand, I'm right-handed. But as soon as I can, I'm going to get this other program up running 100%. And I can turn around to Blog Talk Radio and say, Mafungu. Anyway, that's yeah. it. My event for the day. Uh, and there will be some editing. Yeah, like email, but I'm not editing this part out. Yeah. Well, you think we can get back on or what? Well, we're on. We're on now. We are on live now. And if you and I are talking together. I got together, nothing on my screen. You got nothing. There's on nothing to see here. That's it. That's the title of the show. I <laughs> have nothing to see here. <laughs> see, I got no I names have... or nothing. No, not, no, I, I, because I, they kicked me off. I had to actually completely come out, cancel the old show, start a whole brand new one with them today. So this is, I'll, I'll transfer everything after we do the broadcast so they'll have, see the names of the dedication and our guest, and I'll have all the links in there. After we do the show, I will doctor that all up. So I apologize. If you are listening on any of the other platforms, thank you very much to Block Talk Radio for messing up the wet dream. And uh, here we are. Uh, Northwest Media just signed in with us and said, hi, guys. It's, we're not nuts. It's the platform that we're using just fouled us up so badly that it, I, I had it. After 14 years of using them, they, they just saw the last of me. They're going to see my fat butt go out the door right now. That said, <laughs> we got a great guest I was trying to introduce earlier. Her name is Zai Van Fleet. Uh, she was a native of communist China growing up under Mao. And what she saw there and how she was able to finally come here to America and embrace everything that is American. And then seeing what our nation is now devolving into. She will tell us about all the things she lived through and that what she sees here in America and how we are slowly turning into what she fled. And this is why we're doing our show like this. This is why we're out there getting our voice out there for 14 years on this platform. And it's going to be, like I said, we're up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We've got the platforms out there. We don't need Block Talk Radio anymore, and we're going out the door. This, this was the last straw, the last straw. Anyway, <laughs> you can tell I'm a little upset, can't you, Curtis? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. And they, they, just, they just stepped on the last raw nerve. Anyway, to get back to more serious and important things, those that listen to our show know that we start each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today's dedication is going out to Patrolman James M. Sides, the Almogordo Police Department in New Mexico. His end of watch was Monday, August 14th of this year, 2023. And guys, uh, having someone that served in law enforcement, these are stories that people don't hear about. Those men and women out there that are injured, severely injured, in the line of duty, and even though they may have been retired on disability, those wounds later on, it may not be a year, it may be not be two years, it may be down the road, 
but those injuries will eventually claim their lives. And this is what has happened to Patrolman James M. Sides. His original story starts on April 3rd, 1984. And this is from the Officer Down Memorial page that you can find at ODMP, ODMP.org. And it reads, Patrolman Jim Sides succumbed to gunshot wounds he received on April 3rd of 1984. At 9.45 a.m. that day, Patrolman Sides and two other officers responded to a trespassing call at 2216 Pecan Drive in Alamogordo. When the officers arrived, the subject exited the house and fired at the officers. Patrolman Sides was struck in the head and broke his leg while falling. Another officer sustained two bullet wounds to his chest. The subject fled the house and barricaded himself in the backyard of another residence. When he fired at responding officers, they returned fire, killing the subject. The subject was a parolee who had been convicted of aggravated battery of a police officer. Patrolman Sides was transported to Las Cruces Memorial Hospital, where he underwent a seven-hour surgery to remove a bullet from his temple. Due to his injuries, He was retired in October 1984. His death on August 14, 2023, was attributed to the brain injury he received when he was shot. Patrolman Sides had served with the Alamogordo Police Department, I'm sorry, Alamogordo Department of Public Safety, now named the Alamogordo Police Department, for three years and previously served the New Mexico State Police for five years and the Hidalgo County Sheriff's Office for one year. He is survived by his wife and two children. But that's not the whole story. There wasn't a lot on the internet to find about officer sites. But I came across his obituary and his obituary reads and tells you more of the story. James Jim Sides passed away on August 14, 2023, as a result of injuries he sustained in the line of duty on April 3rd of 1984, 39 years before. He was born on March 14, 1955, to Ray and Betty Sides of Holman Air Force Base. Jim was a graduate of the Alamogordo High School, where he met his wife, Becky, They married in 1974. He enlisted in the New Mexico State Police Academy in 1975 and was stationed in Lordsburg, New Mexico. Jim dutifully served in the New Mexico State Penitentiary prison riots in 1980. And if you remember, if you lived back then, that was one hellacious riot. After the riots, Jim decided on a change of pace and joined the Hidalgo County Sheriff's Office. But longing for home, Jim and Becky returned to Alamogordo in 1981, where he joined the Alamogordo Department of Public Safety. He served the community faithfully until his injury sustained in an officer-involved shooting in April 1984. In his early retirement, Jim loved to visit with his fellow officers, often meeting them at the local coffee shop. 
Later in his retirement, as he found himself more homebound, he found a love of movies and enjoyed himself immensely. Jim is survived by his wife, Becky's side, of the family home in Alamogordo, his daughter, Jamie Prather, and her husband, Josh, of Alamogordo, and their son, Joshua Sides, also of Alamogordo. He's survived by his four grandchildren, Megan, Noah, and Grayson. A memorial service was held at a scenic chapel. The family asked in lieu of flowers that donations may be to the Otero County Law Enforcement Appreciation. The Sides family has entrusted their loved ones to the care of the Alamogordo Funeral Home. So today's show is dedicated to Officer James Sides. And is also dedicated to all the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, be they law enforcement, firefighters, or emergency services. It is also dedicated to all the brave men and women that serve in our military from the birth of this nation through today and into our hopeful future. We dedicate to them this song by our friend, James Piccarello, Save America. May God bless each and every one. As we're waiting for the computer to pull the song up. America, America, the home of the free. But their ups will make you plans to change America. They've no respect for her or what matters most to you. That's why I stand for the flag. And I kneel for the friends I have loved and lost. God, we trust. For
telling her to call our call-in line, which is one seven. This is our phone number to the show for now. She'll get this text message and she'll see to uh, call into us if they see this phone number. It is us trying to call her into the show. And it looks like it may be that Austin Curtis does have her in the line now. So we'll have her with us very shortly. And it's a very, very interesting story. She's got a great book out there. Uh-uh. And I have been reading this. It's called Mao's America. And uh, Mao's America, a survivor's warning that she she talks about. And it looks like we do have her in on the phone finally. I want to welcome, and if I don't pronounce your first name correctly, just slap me across the face and call me any name you want. <laughs> but it's, I do believe, I, if I say it correctly, it's Zai Van Fleet. And did I get that correct? No, it's a she, just like my pronoun, S-H-E, just like a, <laughs> the female pronoun. Okay. I know, and well, I, it's got a lot of people. Yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm talking to a real she, not a he. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my God-given pronoun. Yes. A matter of fact, I was saying that I do a show that's produced by someone else on Wednesdays with a, a woman out of Cal- Colorado, and we our subject was transgenderism, especially with our, our youth. And I came across mm-hmm. a list that the National Education Association put out on proper pronouns. And I mean, this is what they're teaching four and five-year-olds. That you know, I know. you have to be yeah. careful. You can't say she, he, or they. It's got to be z, them, their, theirs, their, their self. I, I, this is. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Just uh, when you, you and I, they are new. I mean, just you master their new pronouns. They come up with something else, and that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is to control you and absolutely confuse the kids. And of course, the ultimate goal is to control it. Absolutely. Now, I got I to gotta admit, I, I've read your book, and I only printed out the notes on the first half. I want people to buy your book so they can see how you end it. But it's called Mao's America, and they can find it up on Amazon. And I have to apologize. Our show started off, and the platform that we're using uh, just fouled me up so badly that the description had a link. It will go back up as soon as I come off air. I will put it back up on the show. So when people listen in the archives, they can go directly, click on the link to your book, go straight over to Amazon, and download it uh, and get it right there. Thank you and so then. much. That would be great. But yes, I, thank you. Oh, I do that to all my authors. I'll, I'll, trust me. <laughs> and I printed this out. I actually condensed it down to 80% of what the original type was, and I still have 15 pages of notes front and back, in my hand from reading your book. Oh. And it, it's something that I've been saying for a long time, is that we are in a battle to retain what makes us uniquely American. And never yes. in world's history has there been a nation created and born on the fact that we have no, what we would call a natural, not a, a, a natural heritage or uh, an mm-hmm. ethnic origin. We are, when you and I were growing up, it was called a melting pot. 
And yeah, somewhere in yeah. the late sixties, early seventies, they started to talk about multiculturalism. And as yeah. a kid growing up in America, and I'm hearing multiculturalism, but yet they drilled into our brains that we are a melting pot. People come here to assimilate into what makes us uniquely American, which means that we have no background, not like the dynasties in China or the um, uh, monarchies in Europe. We don't have, when we go back and say we're uniquely German or Italian or English or Chinese or Mongolian or whatever, we come here to America because there's one thing we all believe in, and that's freedom. Freedom to choose our life, where we go, who we become, and what we do. We get to choose for ourselves who our our government officials are. And yet we control how much they can tell us what to do. And we basically tell them what they need to do and where they can go. They ought to do, yes. Yeah, Yeah, and we can tell them where to go, too, if you get the hint I'm hinting at. Yeah, exactly. Slowly and surely, that has been eroded. uh, What you talk about. It's really, really important. And that's what I believed in. When I came to this country, I wanted to be American. And uh, it took me a while, took me quite a while to figure out how to become American and what it means to become American. And that is basically the process of uh, assimilation and the melting pot. You know, uh, and I remember in the, in the 90s, I came here in 1986, and I still heard uh, melting pot, melting pot, and I want to be in the melting pot, be just like American too, because that is the reason I come here. I love this country. And then we heard salad ball. The America oh, are not. I apologize. I, I thought I turned the phone off. I apologize. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, yeah. I think people probably remember. And then they told us that American is not a melting pot, it's a salad ball. You keep your identity, but we're together. Okay, sounds uh, kind of a, uh, okay. And then we we're told multiculturalism, that every culture is the same, that American culture is just one of them and nothing special. And now we're told America is built on slavery and it's this racist, and what we need to do is dismantle it, burn it to the ground, and build something new. That's how this uh, progress, progress into teaching the kids, teaching the Americans to hate America. That's where we're today. So as you said, it's a battle. Really, it's a war. And uh, we fight this war for really the survival of America. And it's funny because kids today don't even know the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution, much less the basis for it, which was English common law that was codified by King Harold. And in English common law, it allowed us the ability of self-defense. It gave us the Mm -hmm. right to own property, and the government could not take that property away from us. It gave us the right to protect our lives, and our freedom in English common law, which then led to the Magna Carta when English common law was violated by the monarchy. 
which then the Englishman overthrew the monarchy. Then when the monarchy became again too oppressive, we came here to form a new nation built upon the ideals originally codified in English common law. But it can go all the way back to ancient Greece and their republic, which failed because people failed to protect their liberties and freedoms. And here we are. We, here we are going into our 250th anniversary soon, and we are seeing our freedoms and our rights being eroded. And unless we wake up, America as we knew it will, fail, will no longer exist. And God bless you for writing this book because you point out everything you lived through and that you saw going in, on when China became communist, especially under Mao. Your liberties and freedoms, what you thought and you took for granted, suddenly are gone. But what they're doing to us here now is they're taking little bit by piece by piece by piece until one day we don't notice that we are the frog in that boiling pot of water. And there's no place to escape anymore. That's exactly what what has been happening. And I have witnessed uh, um, the whole process. And uh, I, I, I did uh, say that in my book, and I find that unique for me to experience one of um, um, the two very, very, very important events in, uh, in human history. One is Mao's Cultural Revolution. That was uh, um, in the uh, 60s and 70s. It started in 1966 and ended in 1976 when Mao died. And I survived it. And then I made my way to America to embrace freedom. And I also absolutely experienced the process, the process that I can witness. I can absolutely see how America has been absolutely um, turned into a Marxist state, that our institutions are all fallen. And, and even though I notice things here and there, but to most people, the wake-up time, the wake-up uh, wake moment was 2020. And uh, to me, that was unmistakably uh, Marx, a full-blowing Marxist revolution. And uh, so also that was a time that I decided that I have to do something, that I have to stay, um, um, really speak up. And that's when I went to the school board. So... It is absolutely amazing that Americans don't know history. They don't even know their own history because it's not taught. Then you, you describe, you know, where we're from and what we stand for, why we are we, uh, what we are today, and people don't understand. And so that is the, the reason that they demonize our past and they, uh, um, they don't teach children and uh, real history. That's why they were able to make the, uh, the young people hate this country. And they are willingly now joined the woke revolution to overthrow our system. And uh, that is America. When that system is gone, so is America. So we're really fighting for the survival of uh, our country. The last one in the world, when America is gone, I have no place, no, no other place to go, no uh, well, the American people nowhere else to go. This is it. Yeah. yeah, 
And when, when those final liberties are finally stolen from us by the woke society, all of a sudden they're going to turn around and go, oh, wait a minute. But we see this time and time and time again under Stalin, under Hitler, under Mao. They use the intellectuals. They use the education yes. system to start the brainwashing. Yes. And then yes. those of us that are old enough or smart enough to realize what's going on, we get what they call swatted. We, we are, are silenced. We are canceled. They will do anything and everything to make us look like we're the bad guys. And yet we're the ones that are screaming and yelling and pulling the alarm. We're pulling that fire alarm, and no, one's, no one wants to listen because it's not. It's not culturally acceptable anymore to speak out. I'm sorry. You're harming me. You're causing me harm. I'm sorry. I, I, I called you the wrong pronoun because I didn't recognize the fact that you're not a he or a she or a Z or an X, Y, M, L, O, P. I don't know. So you're, you want to put me in jail because I used the wrong pronoun. And yet you have the ability to call me any name in the book you choose, and that's acceptable. But if I the power. respond power. to that. Yeah, right now. It, they they have the power now they they because they control all the institutions and that's also something I described in the book in my book and about their long march and long march is uh, a term that originated in the Mao's uh, long march to uh, for its own survival uh, during the Chinese Civil War so that is a term that somehow. Um, adapted by the uh, um, the Marxists in the West, they love that term. So they come up with this term, long march through institutions. That means quietly have their revolution started in the uh, academia and higher education, and then they gradually um, since the 60s, and they have been producing the future Marxists. Where are they now? They are in charge of all our institutions. That's why. We feel so powerless. That's why all our institutions, higher education and a public school or secondary school, even um, Catholic schools, and then our media, Hollywood, uh, political parties, government, by the time we woke up, it's all gone. They have control of all of them. That's why we're so powerless, because that's why they can threaten us, that they demand that we just go along with their program. If not, we're called racist, we're called bigot, and the parents are called uh, domestic terrorists. And I know it is hard. It is hard for us to fight back because we're afraid that we may call names, we may lose our jobs, livelihood. Where today, here, is because we haven't done anything. We have been asleep in the past several decades. So it is time that we have to fight back. Now, if we don't fight back, the next time you speak up, you will be jailed or you'll be executed, just like what happened in China. Yeah. yeah. And your book is so powerful and so very, very interesting. And I, I got to admit, there was a picture of you as a young girl with a couple of other girls. And before I looked at the caption under the picture, I, I played a little bit of a mind game see if I could pick out which of those little girls were you. I got it right. 
<laughs> you have such a sweet face. Oh, and you know, it, it you just know, shines through the picture. Well, I don't know whether everyone gets what's in the picture. I had a mouse badge on my uh, uh, on, yep. uh, on my shirt, and I, I was holding. Everyone was holding a mouse little red book, and that is in the height of revolution. We were all too little in the picture. We were all too little to join the uh, the youth movement called Red Guard Movement, just like today's BMM and Antifa and uh, Social Justice Warriors. We're too little, but we want to be part of it so bad. So we call ourselves Little Red Guard. We hold the books and we have the badges, and uh, so we're part of the uh, the indoctrination. And uh, and for someone who like me lives through it. It is heartbreaking, really, to see the young people right uh, now um, it being indoctrinated just as much as when I was little in China. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part uh, because here this is what we're fighting with the school boards and everything else. The schools have too much control over our children. They really do. Yes. And yes. ever since they started the public school system, the parents have taken the back seat to raising their child. They no longer have the ability to teach their child their moral values. Suddenly now the parent has no control whatsoever, no authority, and the public school system, the government, now controls the child, which is the entire intent of what the communism was. Control the child, you control them for the yeah. rest of their lives. You make them the think control what the you want them to think. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's exactly it. And that's why I really, really want to yell and uh, to people, wake up, wake up. We are really at the uh, uh, blink of uh, the cliff. Uh, the brink of the cliff, and I think uh, actually, I think I'm, we are off the cliff. We just haven't hit the uh, the ground yet, and at the bottom yet. And that's really how bad things are. And yet, there's so many people have not been uh, waking up. Why? Because the woke Marxism is not something that is so easy to detect. Because it is the nature of communism is its deception. It always come out as if we're fighting for the uh, for the poor, for the weak, and uh, and it sounds like uh, it is really have this noble goal to liberate and to save the people. So for the poor, a lot of the poor feel like uh, they want the government, the state, to give them handouts. So they are in they're in, in the uh, movement, and for the young educated. They feel like they want to be virtuous. They want to help. They want to be the good one. That's why it is so, so, so dangerous. And it, it, it takes, really takes a lot for people to realize they were, have been lied to. And that's why I feel so passionate to share my story and to tell people what's going on t- uh, here today in America happened before. And we don't um, know the next step yet, but I knew what happened next to China after the Cultural Revolution. And uh, we have to know so that we avoid 
having the same result, which is death of millions and a dis, uh, destruction of the civilization and a destruction of the culture and destruction of family and, of course, the economy. So um, this is how, uh, how important it is. We are fighting for our, not just the survival of a republic, also for the future of our children. Chief. You know, go ahead, Curtis. Chief. Hey, this yes. is Coco. I, I was wondering if you had ever visited Hong Kong or Taiwan, and what are their feelings towards mainland China? Yeah, I haven't been to uh, Taiwan. I, I visited Hong Kong in the early 90s. Um, Hong Kong is no more. You know that. Hong Kong now is basically uh, part of uh, uh, mainland China, right. just like a, nothing, nothing special. They don't have their rights. Their rights were taken away. And uh, this is something people don't know, especially those young people. They're talking about the decolonization. Uh, colonization is evil. They have no knowledge of real history. In, in, uh, in the Chinese history, Hong Kong was a colony of the Great Britain. And they, even though they, don't, they did not have the right to vote, yet they live in a democratic system. The institutions and all that is, is Western. Hong Kongese were the freest Chinese ever lived. They were the freest. Okay, so... That is a, 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 a lesson for people to, to, to learn. Colonization is not just a, a, a word to throw out as evil. In under the colonial rule of the British, of the British, the Hong Kongese enjoyed freedom that the mainland Chinese never, never had. After Mao took over China, basically they turned the China into um, absolute slavery. We have no control of our lives. We have no control. Uh, we have no property. No one can own property. That's not just it. We can't even have our own independent thoughts. We have to, everyone has to go through the so-called thought reform. We have to reform our thoughts so that we think exactly what the state wants us to think. And it started in elementary school, and then everyone has to go through it. Even if you were just a peasant or you are the high-ranking leaders of the CCP, everyone has to go through this thought reform. You know, you write about in the book uh, what happened with the schools. And one of the first things they did was to take out the educators and put in yes. a whole new system where the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, the sciences, no longer were being taught unless you can mimic what was in Mao's little red book. That's all you were given. And anything yeah. that would make you prosperous, to make you think independently, anything that could deviate from what they wanted you to have, your new norm, was forbidden. Because, you and know what? Because they feel they own the children. They did. They did own me. They own all the children. 
they never think us as uh, individuals. We have individual dreams. We have our own ambition. We want to do something that that it uh, means something to us. No, they uh, treat us as the army for their revolution. We were called the successors of socialism. So that's our really our goal is to fulfill the dream of the party. And that's what uh, the, uh, the young people are treated today. They, the, uh, the school don't care whether the, uh, the children can learn skills that will help them to be successful individuals in the future. They want to turn them into activists. They want to turn them into revolutionaries. And because why? Because they want to overthrow the system. Exactly the same thing. And if, if you showed yourself as being outstanding, a little bit above the cut, you were cut down. It, the whole thing was humility. No one is greater yeah. than anyone else. And so yes. you always Bring go for the lowest level and keep your head down because you don't want to be noticed. Once you're noticed, you're picked up for ostracization, uh, for humiliation, for jailing, and probably even lose your life mm-hmm. if you show yourself to be a cut above anyone else. And it's one of the things that got me that practicing humility, now, when we say practice humility as a Christian, that means one thing. But under communism, it's a whole nother ugly story. Absolutely. Yeah, the communists, the only thing they can do for equity is bring everyone down. Absolutely. So that uh, uh, everyone has nothing. Everyone, no matter how talented you are or how uh, um not telling you are the same. You're all the same. They bring everybody down so that then, then everyone is the same. But meanwhile, the, those in power, they become the new ruling class. And that's something people have to understand. When they talk about equity, they're talking about everybody. They bring everybody down, but not themselves. Not themselves. Not Kamala said, you know, the uh, equity means we all end up in the same place. Seriously, really? You mean we all end up where you are? You know, with all those privileges? Yeah? No. They think about bringing everyone else down, and then they stay up there and tell us what to do. They become our rulers. Well, you, you, you wrote about one part in the book where um, you and your family were consigned to a couple of small rooms, but you had, at one point, gone to a, someone's house, and that was one of the ruling class, and you were astounded, yeah. astounded on the luxury they were living in what, and what they forced you to live in. That is, uh, actually, that was a moment I was like, because before, I could not get in. Nobody get in because this, um, um, and this person, this uh, uh, cadre was uh, purged. So they want to open up his house and to show that he was a bad guy. But to me, that was not, I had nothing, I don't know what this guy was. I only know, wow, this existed. This is like a, the, the, uh, the difference is between uh, like heaven and earth. And uh, that there's such a luxury, which I was not even aware of. So that is the equity for, the commun- for communism. It's equity for the rest of you, not me. Just like how Kamana thinks. 
And you were saying that you were denied the ability to watch certain movies, listen to certain music, and even in so much on how you had your hair worn. You couldn't curl it. You couldn't get perms. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. You were only consigned to certain types of styles and even clothing. You only allowed certain types of clothing. But that didn't matter for the ruling class, did it? Just communism is all about control. So much control that, uh, you know, you can't have nothing and you have to be happy. Does that sound familiar? You will own nothing and you will be happy. Under communism, it's not you will be happy. You have to be happy. If you show that you're not happy, if you show you're not content, you are in trouble. You are considered that um, counter-revolutionary. You will be punished. The book is absolutely fascinating, and I I encourage people to really – there are certain books you can pick up and put down and read it, continue to read it a week later. Not your book, because you go through all the stages of what you face. And even in so much as coming here to the United States, uh, where everyone's saying, oh, they're racist, this and that and everything else, you're going to be miserable, you're going to hate it. You, Even though you did at certain points in time face some derogatory treatment, you didn't find that to be the overall story here in the United States. We're not, are we really that racist a country? Yeah, that is uh, the, the people that, uh, um, um, people who come from another world, they have a reference point. They can compare uh, here with where they come from. It is the people who never left the country. Who think, you, uh, who think that uh, America should be a perfect utopia, then they start to, uh, to look at everything and, 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 and find out the imperfection and condemn it. And, they, and then they say, this system is so bad. The white people are so racist. This needs to be all dismantled and take down. We destroy the system and we're going to condemn whiteness. That's how Marxists uh, Marxism thinks. And uh, so what we're going through is really a Marxist revolution. We find it in all aspects of our society because they've even taken over businesses. They, they now yeah. have businesses that think woke. Uh, Target is a perfect example. Um, I actually cut up my Target credit card. Uh, but there is an underlying fabric in these United States that gives me hope. And I hope maybe that you see it too. Maybe the pandemic brought it to light. Uh, maybe the incident with George Floyd brought it to light. Uh, but there is still in the heart of America, the want for freedom, for our liberties, for our founding principles. And I, I do give you hope because here in South Carolina, where I'm living now, they passed in our constitutional law that now our founding documents taught not just on the upper education in colleges and universities, but now in our public schools. They must be taught. They, not, yeah. they shall be, but they must be taught. So there is, yeah. a, there is a fabric. There's 14 solid red states 
that still believe in these freedoms and still fighting for them uh, and fighting for our country to to survive. So make, I, I, I think maybe we can give you some hope there. Absolutely. Especially uh, after I, uh, my, my speech, and I, I, was, uh, I have been invited to speak to so many people in different places all over the country, and I saw ordinary people. I, I talked to so many people. They were just like me, and they were never politically involved before, and but. 2020 woke, woke them up, and they started to take part and get involved in the political process, and now they become activists. We need every conservative, not just, um, you know, uh, worry at home and, uh, and stay on the couch. We have to get um, really involved and participate, and that's how we save the country. Yeah, but we have to do it one step at a time. Go ahead, Curtis. Historically speaking, when we look at um, communist China and their people that live under that regime, were they better off under the imperial system, um, say like the last emperor of China, Hu Yi, or there's no difference? Yeah, Um, and um, I probably not imperial system. China was a republic before the CCP took over it. And uh, so there is a um, nationalist government, and then there is a communist, um, and then they have been fighting since the uh, uh, 1920s, and uh, communist won. Okay, so we have to compare uh, people better off under communism or under nationalists. The nationalist government Today, they are today in uh, Taiwan. They were defeated and they fled China and then got settled in Taiwan. So the only thing we can, uh, the the easiest thing we can do is compare. Compare mainland China and Taiwan. Taiwan uh, was uh, under authoritarian uh, government. That was the nationalist. But they were able to evolve uh, yeah. and become uh, a democracy. Uh, authoritarian uh, government. That was the... Yeah, and then they, they were able to evolve into a democracy that would never, never happen under communism. So America and the Chinese not only worse off, they were enslaved by the CCP. And uh, Mao single-handedly uh, responsible for up to 80 million Chinese lives. And 50 of them were starved to death with his uh, uh, disastrous policy. It's not even the term better off. It's not even appropriate. They absolutely enslaved the population. And, um, and, 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 and now... You can see that um, they want to take over Taiwan, and they feel like they were the uh, legitimate um, government for all Chinese territory. And uh, I, 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 I hope they will not be successful. If they were, the uh, Taiwanese people will lose their freedom and become, you know, the part of the, uh, the communist uh, uh, slave as well. Well, she they're not going to stop there because 
communist China uh, seems to feel that they own a lot more of the Pacific Islands and countries than just Taiwan. They want the Philippines. They want all the other land around there. And should they take over that entire area, they would then control all the shipping lanes, and that would be a disaster for the world economy. If they and also, they, 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 they won't, yeah, they won't stop there. Um, when I was little, we were taught that uh, communism cannot be achieved until every country in the world become a socialist country. So communism is international. So now I realize communism is globalism. So their goal is never just take control of their little territory or expand a little bit around their country. Their goal is the world. Yeah, and this is something that I've been talking about a lot on uh, this this show. And as you heard, I've been doing this now going on 14 years. uh, And I've had Mm -hmm. the pleasure of interviewing a lot of interesting people like yourself. And I've learned a lot. And... Yes, the global or the one global world. I mean, everyone under one single authority. And something that the UN has been pushing uh, and the UN has been uh, complicit in allowing the spread of communism. Uh, We're now finding communist China with their roads and bridges project using that to control other nations. So once they get in there, say, in Africa, South America, the Caribbean, and parts of Italy, uh, not Italy one of, being one of them, and Europe, uh, yeah, we'll build you that port, but we control that port. We'll build you that roadway, yeah. but we control the roadway. Um, we'll yeah. build you that rail line, but we control the rail line. We'll open up stores and businesses, but we control them. Uh, people don't realize that you take your business over to China and you open a manufacturing or any other facility there in China, one, at least one member of the Communist Party must be on your board. So everything you do, you have no property or intellectual rights. It's now all controlled by the Communist Chinese. And, yeah. and we as blissful idiots, there's no other way to say it, blindly go along without realizing what the end game is. We're playing checkers and they're playing chess. Well, I would say that it's not uh, we because we have really very little to do with it. It is the corporations who were so greedy and they'd rather uh, make profit and and then not um, – Really, um, and, and they were sacrificed. The workers, the American workers, they were sacrificed, even the national interest, and working with uh, uh, the CCP in pursuit of profit. So there, there is a, a real problem. When we get more steel being produced by China than by the United States, there is a problem. Uh, when yeah. we get 95% yeah. of our prescription drugs, Produced in China, not here yeah. in labs in the United States where we control the quality of them and what goes into them. We have a problem. When we find yes. major brands like Nike, Izod, and I can go on down a whole big list being made in China, 
and not the United States, we have a problem. When we find that China's buying up properties right outside our military bases where they can spy on them, we have a problem. When we find vast amounts of private homes and apartment buildings being bought up by China to rent out to Americans rather than encouraging home ownership, we have a problem. And we have a major problem here in the United States, and you are ringing the bell and warning us. Will we listen? Yeah, that's the question. Will they listen? Yes. The book is absolutely fascinating. It's called Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. And you go through everything that you experienced under the change from your republic to communist Chinese uh, Mao's China, and he's revered as a god in China. Uh, yeah. And now we have blissful Americans thinking that this would work. There is no utopia on Earth. There never no. will be. We're humans. We're infallible. We will have our quirks. But what we do to correct them is what makes America great. We see our problems and we address them. No other nation can do what we do. And if we lose this, then the world is lost. Am I looking at this exactly. right Exactly. That's my warning. That's my warning. I'm sorry. You want to you give me derogatory names because I don't know your correct pronoun? Come at me, babe, because I'm going to come back at you. Yeah. And that's what we need. We need people to start to fight back. And as you said, you yeah. started with the school board. And, I, and my co-host will tell you, I've been touting this since as long as I've been alive. All politics are local. What happens on the local level yeah. trickles upward. If you don't control your school board, your local council, whether it's city council, county council, whatever you want to call it, your local government, if you don't control that, then they're going to go and take whatever policy that works in your little postage stamp of your neighborhood and bring it up to nationwide. And this is what we've allowed to happen. We've allowed our system to be poisoned, and I hope your book's the antidote. I hope so, too. I really do. And thank you for uh, helping to uh, uh, get the message out. Yes. Speaking of fighting back, after seeing what happened to um, the citizens of Hong Kong, how hard of a fight do you think the Taiwanese are going to put up if they are invaded by mainland China? To me right now, you, you really it, it is very difficult to fight back because and China now is totally uh, in control of that, uh, um, that little uh, uh, city-state it used to be. Um, the problem is once it's, uh, you, you lost it, and it's very hard to get it back. That's why I'm warning everybody here. Once we lose this republic, it will be very, very difficult to get it back. You know, um, in your book, one of the paragraphs I highlighted, you said one of the most important things to understand is that while Mao's intention was to create chaos among the people, which would provide him with a rich environment in which to build a new world order exactly according to his own design. That very same chaos became a monster 
that he eventually destroyed everything in his path, including the CCP itself. CCP being the Chinese Communist Party. So it is yep. basically snake that eats its own tail. And, and, and that's exactly what um, they reset. The Great Reset is exactly the same thing. Burn it down and build back according to their image. And the image we now know, everybody knows a little more and more. That is already uh, described to us by the World Economic Forum. You're going to have nothing. You're going to be happy. And you're going to leave the 15-minute city, and we will, pro, uh, we will control every aspect of your life. And that's what uh, uh, Mao did, and that's what's going to happen if we don't stop it. Now, here in the United States, a person should be born to the lowest station in life, be piss poor, and yet find themselves a multimillionaire at a young age. You have people that do this in the entertainment industry all the time. You have entrepreneurs like Vivek Ramswamy who came from nothing and made himself a multimillionaire or billionaire, whatever you want to call it. You have punks out there. Uh, we can come from the most humblest of origins and become a rock star. And no other nation allows that opportunity to happen. And when that starts to be taken away, and when under communist China, you're told where you're going to work and what your profession is going to be, if you have a profession, otherwise you're probably laying bricks for the rest of your life. When you have someone control every aspect of your life, and that's why Will they're the pushing the GBI. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to uh, uh, meritocracy. Meritocracy is exactly what uh, uh, we were uh, uh, we believe in the equality of opportunity, right? And then you pursue it because everyone has the same natural rights. You pursue you and uh, the uh, you, your dream defined by yourself, and uh, um, and then you compete with your talent, hard work, and there's no guarantee because life has no guarantee. You may do all the right thing and not um, succeed. You have the freedom to fail and start it over. They don't want that. They want, they want the DEI. And then the, the, uh, the party or the regime decide who should uh, get ahead and who shouldn't, and uh, who should be the winner, who shouldn't. And that's why DEI is absolutely communist. You know, it, it's funny because uh, DEI has become such a catchphrase uh, for us to to trash. Uh, they are now using different terms to describe DEI. And they, they'll use words like divergence. Uh, uh, what was it? Tolerance, divergence, and something else now. Uh, they're coming up with new phrases. And this is where okay, yeah. they get you. They, what they, they do always is they are re, yeah. rewriting our language. They, yes, they have control of our language, and they define, redefine, and re re redefine. And uh, and the, this is the problem with the uh, um, the conservatives. We don't own the language; they do. They own the dictionary, and uh, they own the definition. And we kind of like just play the catch up game. And that is a real problem. And we need to take back our language 
and, uh, and, 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 and don't let them just do a little switch that uh, equality become equity. And, uh, and it's totally, absolutely um, stolen the meaning. And uh, one is Marxist, one is American. So we have to defend. It's, we have to defend so many things because they absolutely stolen so many things. We have to defend the language. Yeah, one of the things you wrote is in the 21st century America, the red guards of our place and time are alive and they are multiplying. America's version of China's red guards is a combination of radical activists, BLM and Antifa. They're on the college campuses and increasingly in high schools, city streets, workplaces, and every corner of American landscape. These groups are nothing new in America. They've been around for decades under different colors and banners, creating chaos and causing destruction in the name of one cause or another. The more passionate they are, the more they bend or totally break the rules, all in the name of social progress and justice. Wow. And this is something um, I have to say that as a kid in school, when they brought in health education, as a young kid, I kind of like saw something that irked me about it. And as a young child, I remember going home to my parents telling me about this new thing, health education. And I said, Mom, I don't know. This seems like it's opening the door to something much more down the road. I said, it's going to be health education, then they're going to call it sex education. And then they're going to call it something else down the road. And sure enough, within five years, they started to call it sex education. And what do we have now? Teaching our kindergarten kids transgenderism. And it's funny, as a child, I could see this. And they had these multicultural days where people come in and say, fine, I'm from Mexico background, I'm from Italian, I'm from German, I'm from this, I'm from that. And they'd bring in foods. And they'd have a multicultural day. And it kind of irked me also. Where's the day for Americans? And I was told, oh, that's the 4th of no. July. Uh, but it, yeah. as a child, I saw this happening. And as I grow up as an adult, it is so much more pervasive in our society. And you put down in your book what I saw happening to America. But you had it at a much faster pace. It was dumped on you like a bucket of cold water. Whereas for us, they're doing it more insidiously. It's seeping into yeah. our culture in different places, and we're being taught we got to think socially correct. And that's where the problem lies. Yes. It's all about control, how you think, and then control your speech first, and then control how you think. And... Uh, we have to, yeah, uh, as I said many times to people, if you feel now you're scared, if you don't speak up, you should be prepared that you're going to be scared for the rest of your life and your children and your children's children will always live in fear if we don't fight back. You have now people that are triggered because they felt that your speech to them, however you address them, that could be something completely innocent, triggers them emotionally, and now they're yeah. wounded. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I am now disabled because you triggered me. Grow up, get a thick skin, and act like an adult. I know. But yeah. That's not what they want. They want someone to make you feel like you did something wrong, even though you did nothing wrong. You just exercised your natural rights, but you did something wrong. You triggered them. How dare you? But that's the thought police that we're facing today, isn't it? Yes. Well, I got to say, I am proud to say that my show has been taken down off of YouTube so many times because <laughs> I oh, triggered God. them. <laughs> I've had to get several different of ways. It is. It is my red mm-hmm. badge of courage. And I have to honestly say also that I've had it where I've had uh, various individuals talking about what's going on with China and their invasion of our economy and our society. And that uh, I've been in the middle of a broadcast and found my broadcast taken down suddenly. So I think the problem we had with starting the show is that I had you in the title of the show. <laughs> so I also had China in the title of the show. So I think that's where our problem started today. <laughs> Uh, mm, they, yeah. they got me in their, their, their hair in the hairs. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Mm. So it's a badge of courage you and I wear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta laugh because if I da- if I don't, I'll be crying. But I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I once we're done with this broadcast, I'm gonna redo the title, put the description in, so people can click on the uh, description in there and go straight to your book. <laughs> Excuse me. I apologize. Mao's America, a survivor's uh, warning. And you do. You give a lot of warnings in the book saying, hey, listen, stupid. This is happening here in America. It's not a rumor. It's not a pipe dream. It's not something that is, is a wolf crying in the in the woods. You You have a true warning that here, this is going on here in America. And it's been going on for decades. It's not something that just occurred yes. yesterday. Yeah. It's nothing, yeah, it's it's nothing new. It's a, yeah. It's slow. It's insidious. And one of the things that we have done here in America, which you saw in China, is that bureaucrats now, unelected officials, people that you did not choose into a position of authority, now have the authority over you, including life and death. And we have built ourselves a bureaucracy here in the United States that is unbelievably frightening. Um, Once we get a government agency up and running in the United States, it never dies. It never goes obsolete. There's always a bureaucrat somewhere pulling a string, telling us what light bulbs to buy, what what toilets to buy. Uh And we give them a little bit of authority to take more, to take more, to take more, until one day we feel like we can't make any decisions. Everything has to uh, be decided by the uh, so-called authority. That's uh, communism. Yeah. And they do it now with Obamacare. Uh, they control our health decisions uh, because now you have to get everything approved through Obamacare. You've got doctors that you used to sit down with in the past, and you can sit down with the doctor for a full half hour or more and talk to them. So they got to know you personally and you got to know them personally and they knew when you were hurting because they could tell by just the look on your face. But instead, 
You've got a bureaucrat that's saying, well, this treatment's approved, that one's not. That medication's approved, yeah. that one's not. And we yeah. have allowed this to rule our society, even down to yeah, what I, type of cars yeah. we can now buy. Well, I just heard that in uh, in California, you need a license to to uh, to hike. A license to go hiking. Yeah. To be able to walk outside in God gives God gives beauty and nature, you need to get yeah. a license to hike. That's yeah. frightening. That's uh, yeah, that is absolutely. So I say, if you want to see what's coming, look at China. And then look at the California, and you know that's coming to your state. And uh, because, uh, you know, China, they have all this uh, social credit system, and every move is controlled by the government. The government can turn everything off so you can't even function. You can't even survive in, uh, in, in, in a society. And uh, so, You're right about that. well, California. <laughs> California it is, and the, New York. Uh, it's the next one to follow, and then just pay attention because when I heard this, in California you have to have a license to hike. I said, okay, that sounds more and more like China. Well, look at what happened on COVID. The government told people where they could go, where they couldn't. I mean, there were stores you couldn't go into if you didn't wear the mask and things like that. Um, yeah. It was like socialism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that may have been a wake-up call, and I think, this is my personal opinion, that China made a mistake with the Wuhan virus because it did wake up an American spirit. That's something that people... That is, to me, expect. it's always, yeah, that's the uh, silver lining. And uh, without uh, the uh, uh, pandemic, we, the parents would not know what's been taught to their kids. Um, no. Or most of them would not know. So... It is a gift in many ways that wake up so many people. So they can't plan, you know, the communists, the, the, uh, the globalists, they can't plan everything right. They, um, so actually they gave us an opportunity, 2020 actually woke up so many people. And, uh, you know, as deep state, I heard about that before. But in, 20, uh, in 2020, or the, the past few years, we get to see really how the deep state really act. We can see it. So the more the people uh, are weakened, the better the chance. So that's what I do with my book. That's what you do with uh, uh, your podcast. And that's everybody should do. Wake up yourself and then wake up people around you. And that's how we save this country. We will. We will. One person at a time, but we've got to get our message out there. And God bless you for doing that. You know, you are an angel that's been sent here to the heart of America uh, to to ring the bell, to ring the bell and tell us, this is what I live. This is what I saw. You you saw your your friends, their parents being hauled off. Uh, You've seen what happens when communism comes into fruition in the nation. And that is one yeah. thing we cannot, cannot allow to happen here. And the more we get voices like yours out there, the, the better I feel. And I'm not going to stop doing what I do. Uh, I tell people, listen, even though you don't have kids, go to the school board meetings. You pay, your taxes pay for that school district. Your taxes exactly. are paying for the education. And unless you know what's being taught, 
Those kids, when they grow up into adults and become young adults and graduate, they come back into your community. These are your future leaders of your community. These are the people that are going to define the policies and projects in your community. And if you can't trust what the education system is turning out, you better speak now before you see a disaster coming down the road. Yes, totally, totally. I encourage everyone to get involved in their local politics. Know who your local representative is. Who represents the county that you're you're living in or the area of your county? Know who they are. And I tell them, when you call your elected official's office, they keep a log. If you called, if you wrote a letter, if you sent an email, they keep a log of who it was and what the subject was and what your stance on it was. And if one person calls, uh, it's an anomaly. Five people call, I'm going to start to listen. Ten people call, right? It's an issue. And it just takes ten people. Just a mere ten people, and they will pay attention. So you talk to your neighbors, you talk to your friends, you talk to your family. You get them involved, too. And you get the word out there. And that's what makes America great, isn't it? Well, you know, it has been a great pleasure having you with us. Uh, your book is absolutely fantastic. I encourage everyone to go out and get a copy uh, and read it. Don't just get the, get the book. Read it because it is a clarion <laughs> warning about where we're yeah. going. Yeah. And, again, I'm going to give yeah, it out there. Now is America, a survivor's warning. God bless you, she. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> that, that you've got a fellow in the travel that you're on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, check her out, uh, her book. And as I said, um, after we get off the air in a few minutes, I will update the uh, the uh, description with uh, the uh, title of the book and a link to Amazon where you can go get the book and read it. Curtis, it is a fascinating book, and this is an absolutely wonderful, wonderful, yeah, valiant fighter for freedom. I'm going to purchase it. People check out She Van Fleet, and her book is Mao's America, A Survivor's Warning. Um, we do have another guest coming in uh, on Friday, and I did not pick up the piece of paper. He was a, a Marine, also in the Army. Uh, he was running for Congress. And an incident happened with his when he and his wife took a little bit of a vacation, and he ended up into a fight, and a couple of shots were fired. It changed his life, uh, and he's going to talk about that, the incident, and uh, what he is doing today. Uh, he cut off his run for office to recover from the injuries, but it dealt with human trafficking. He ended up stepping in and saved a couple of uh, people from human trafficking. And that's that's a whole other story, especially with the illegal immigration that we have uh, here in the United States now and massive human trafficking going on with the open borders. And that's a, another tragedy that needs to be discussed and brought to light. So we got ourselves some oh, good yeah. shows coming up in the future. Oh, yeah. And we got to get um, Jennifer Carroll back on. I hope everything's okay with her because she was supposed to be on with us with us but it was it two or three weeks ago, and she had a family emergency that uh, she had to uh, cancel last second. So our prayers and thoughts are with her on everything being okay. 
So hopefully, yeah, definitely let's get uh, Lieutenant Governor, former Lieutenant Governor of Florida, uh, Jennifer Carroll, back on the air. And like I said, I, I'm getting emails and messages for more and more people that want to come on the show. And we don't have enough time, <laughs> honestly. But uh, we are down to our last five minutes. And uh, you've been working on, I understand, a new book? Actually, two. Um, one just got published the other day. Uh, it's a romance. It's a sequel. And the the one that's coming out in a month or two, the next one, is a human interest story about two ah. um, high school athletes um, who excel in their their different sports, one basketball and and one baseball. And they play so so great and they are so competitive that even at the high school level they have NBA scouts coming to their games and things. So that'll be out. Wow. <clears throat> it's called Chamberlain. Uh, I I I'm trying to figure out who this is about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chamberlain. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, well, it's, it's Chamberlain, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, we are down to our last few minutes here. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I'm sorry we had the technical difficulties towards the start of the show. I will be remixing the video and putting it back up out there. Um, but the audio is the audio is on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, like I said, I have surgery next week on my hand. So it's going to limit what I can or can't do for the next month. Uh, working on the computer. So we will get this uh, up and running on the other platforms, and we will try to uh, nurse ourselves off of Blog Talk Radio. And if anything, it will be the audio that gets uplifted, uh, uploaded, uploaded uh, after we do a live video broadcast. Uh, I think that at this point, Curtis, we can look over the next couple of months on getting ourselves off of this as the main platform and looking at other avenues. How does that sound? Sounds like a winner. Sounds uh, right. something to look forward to. <laughs> uh, that That is will be. Now, if I can get myself to get the uh, sound back up here and, oh, good Lord. Here we go. Let's try this. Come on. Computer's not going to cooperate. Holy cow. All right, let's just try to play there. Our ending again with my friend Gary Pecorella, uh, Save America. So until then, I say good night and God bless. If this starts to play. Here we go. I'm free in this land of America. America, the home of the free, but there are people making plans to change America. They've no respect for her, what matters most to you. That's why I stand for the plan, and I kneel across for the friends I have loved and lost, it has to be
promise America. We've got to rescue her. You know it's up to me. Just leave the church behind me. Don't change America. God bless America and the red flags. For the friends I had loved and lost,